Welcome to What's Next. Uh, it's Aki Anastasiu with you, and uh, it's a great pleasure to talk about, you know, we, we take it for granted that there's this massive growth. Uh, we, we hear about uh, artificial intelligence. We hear about the networks of the future. We hear about 5G. We hear about cloud storage. But you need the tool to be able to finance this innovation going forward. And, and it costs a lot of money to do this. And globally, we've seen tremendous growth in the last uh, year, you know, with the result of COVID-19. I think it's really spurred much of this change that we're seeing around us. And uh, the reality is most of us are still working from home, but innovation is still taking place. So it's a great pleasure to welcome Ria Gile Moatze, who is the Head of Supply of Finance at Investec. Ria Gile, a good day to you. Thank you for joining us on What's Next. I see that uh, Investec and uh, many of the banks and uh, I, I guess most people who are involved in the corporate world are still working remotely, as you are, I can see in the background. You definitely know in your office on Santon Drive. Definitely not in the office at Santon Drive, but uh, sitting comfortably at home. Um, so we just needed to make the home comfortable, uh, find a suitable place and uh, carry on working, Aki. Yeah. Listen, you've got a very interesting portfolio. You know, you talk about, um, you know, the growth and I was talking about this massive explosion that we've seen and organizations really, um, you know, fast tracking what they had in mind to do in five years from now. Um, massive innovation taking place in IoT, in 5G. You're talking about really the scalability and adaption to the changes that are happening around us and the importance of an organization like Investec who provides a lot of the finance. But, I mean, from your aspect, uh, when you look at what's happened and where we're going, what are some of the trends that you are seeing shaping the telecoms industry? Because I think if, if it wasn't for the uh, mature telecoms industry that we had in South Africa, I think we'd all be in a lot of trouble working from home. So what kind of trends are you seeing currently in the telecoms industry? Well, let me start off by saying that historically we've been uh, intensively involved in the funding of the growth of the telecom sector from the days of uh, um, copper and uh, fixed line um, into the evolution looking at uh, mobile network operators. So we've seen the space grow over time and we've seen the space being a big carrier in terms of growth um, of the economy, facilitating businesses to communicate, enterprises to grow uh, and also one seeing the growth in the data. I think the themes that we're seeing uh, within the telecom space is just a growth in the amount of data that we see being produced. Data that gets generated at an enterprise level, data that gets generated at a retail level like you and myself, and looking at where the data needs to be stored. And the telecoms uh, infrastructure providers have always been the um, the backbone on which uh, all this connectivity, all this networking and the transmission of data uh, would have been carried and will continue to be carried for some time to come. And some of the trends that we continue to see as well is the continued investment by the mobile network operators as well as the network providers in ensuring that their infrastructure is able to carry the communication as well as the uh, uh, the, the flow of data that we see uh, flowing through our networks, particularly going into lockdown since last year, when all of a sudden uh, we needed now to comfortably work from home, ensure that we are 
productive, able to uh, deliver service and value to our customers. That needed a very stable platform in terms of uh, telecoms uh, networks, as we as we have been seeing. And I think it has always been around business continuity as well. So how do businesses continue to operate in the midst of not physically being within their traditional spaces, within the traditional office environment? And that's where telecoms, as well as the advancement of networks, have come into play more than ever. Oh, that's uh, it, it's fascinating. I was actually um, talking to some people in education from a university point of view and a primary school point of view. I mean, even learners today, uh, you know, your average learner who's in primary school or high school, they're probably using 30 gigs of data. Not probably, they are using at least 30 gigs of data a month to continue working remotely. And I mean, you look at university students, for example. So really interesting to see this explosion. But um, and, and this growth has been amazing. We're talking about, uh, you know, networks and fiber organizations literally doubling their capacity over the last year. Um, with this kind of growth and this fast-paced change that we've seen, how is Investec supporting, you know, the telcos, the telecom industry, um, you know, new networks, innovation in this space? I mean, 5G is obviously the next frontier, but how is Investec supporting these telcos? So we have been following the development and the evolution of the fiber business for quite some time. And for us, we've seen it as the next level of growth. Um, and reason being that South Africa has always been trailing what's been happening uh, in the Western markets in terms of connectivity, but has seen as well the importance that fiber plays in the transmission of data, making sure that connectivity remains sound. Um, on the back of that um, um, trends that we've been seeing, we then identified the key players in the market. And we also built um, our own understanding of how the industry operates, what are the risks, um, what does it take for an operator to, to be successful in this sector. And we then uh, partnered up with some of the uh, uh, fiber network operators as we saw them coming up uh, needing a lot of growth finance because as you can imagine such a business as an infrastructure provider requires a lot of capital to dig the trenches, lay the fiber and make sure that as the fiber gets laid as well there's also a level of business development that accompanies it to ensure that the homes and the businesses where the fiber gets passed that last mile uh, connectivity uh, is achieved and those homes are connected because then that's when you start creating the revenue. So I think it's just really a combination of having identified who the, 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 the key operators are, the strategy, who's behind them from a shareholder perspective, uh, the, the management as well, uh, the experience in the sector, and essentially provided them with the much needed growth finance. And as they achieved um, the, uh, the expectations of earnings, then we're able to release additional capital to enable them to uh, achieve further growth. That's fascinating. I mean, just out of interest, um, when you look at the industry and, you know, I mean, you know, the founders like MTN and Vodacom in those days, you know, nobody was thinking about this data explosion today. Is it uh, less riskier to fund the growth of telecoms today than it was, say, 10 years ago? Or is it... Uh, you know, because you're seeing this incredible growth, you know, the risk is reduced dramatically. Is it less riskier to invest in these organizations today? 
I think the way that we look at it, Aki, is that if you look at the world today relative to the world 10 years ago, and you look at the dependency on um, connectivity, being able to get your cell phone, call your mate, call your business partner, stay in contact with your family, being able to work, all of, for all of that to happen, you need connectivity and you need a reliable infrastructure to be able to do that. And I think as the market has also advanced and uh, you know increased its dependence on the devices that we use to be able to connect to the network, I think there are more people connected now to the network than there were probably five to 10 years ago. If you look at the penetration of, um, I would say handheld devices, particularly smartphones uh, being utilized by you and me, it's more than 100% when you look at the population of South Africa, which essentially means that it is no longer a, a, a want in an ordinary sense of the word, but we've become reliant, we've become dependent on utilizing uh, the mobile network operators and the infrastructure and connecting that through that, uh, utilizing the devices. So it's an established business model. It's a, a business model that is critical to our way of life. And from that perspective, it's uh, it has established also a profitability. So there is a very well-established track record in terms of annuity revenue. And uh, it's a model that we see growing even further uh, as the years go. So from that perspective, we see it as being sufficiently de-risked from a funding point of view. Oh, well, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, 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 I mean, the demand is, is through the roof right now for data, and there's no doubt that we're on this trajectory that's going to grow even further. But backing such innovation, and, and I guess with, with um, you know, telecoms, and we talk about fiber and everything, there's a lot of innovation that surrounds that. Um, and, and backing such innovation is really, really critical in the early stages of such businesses, as you mentioned. Why is that so? I think it takes more than just um, looking at the business that is established and that is generating profits at the time when the request for funding comes through. I think it's about understanding what the vision is and how the vision plays itself out into society. I think also it takes a very good understanding of looking at market trends as well and how we see those market trends developing over time. So if you look at the advent of essentially telecoms when the South African market opened, there was probably very little penetration at the time and a lot of uh, capital investment went into establishing the networks. And then as the networks matured, as more and more people began connecting into, into uh, the infrastructure, then it became critical in how we do business. Uh, organizations have also become increasingly dependent in terms of their own digital strategy, in terms of their own business continuity as well. So if you look at how those industries continue to grow, what really gives them the boost in order to attain sustainability is commitment of capital, commitment of funding. And depending as well, Aki, on where they are in their growth phase, you could have a combination of various forms of capital. I think in the early stages when the models are still being uh, tested, then you have a lot more equity that goes ahead of uh, commercial debt because commercial debt only comes after the profitability and the business model have been established. And because you have gone now beyond uh, just the, the risky phases of establishing 
the business concept. You have a lot more debt going into those businesses because it becomes a now a, a game of achieving scale. And you've seen that right across even the, the fiber operators uh, from the big ones that are household brands and the ones that even operate on the fringes in the small towns in order to ensure that, you know, the length and breadth of the country is connected and businesses as well as uh, local communities, including the educational institutions, are able to connect and take part in the digital revolution. Wow, absolutely fascinating. But, you know, I mean, we, we talked about the early stages now, but this is a long play. I mean, it's not a, a short-term investment. This is a long play, and I guess that you ultimately want to unlock even further value in these organizations going forward. How, how do you help unlock additional value uh, in time uh, for these organizations to grow? I think you unlock additional value by listening to what your clients are seeking to go to. So I think you've come from the time when, you know, the initial uh, GPRS and 2G and 3G were the order of the day, 4G, and now we're talking about 5G. And then I think one ha also has to look at then what's next. So if you look at uh, the main theme surrounding, be it the fiber operators or even the mobile network operators, it's really a data-led growth strategy. And where you have the, um, I would say the sustainability of such business models dependent on data, then you have to ask yourself around uh, the development of that content and what are the industries that are surrounding the development of that content and how will they also spur their own growth? What will be the requirement or the demand for, for funding to ensure that they get off the ground? And I think also one has to look around the technology that supports uh, the data that gets produced. So talking about uh, cybersecurity as an example. So when the data makes um, its transmission from one source to the next, therefore it becomes exposed to potential hacking and, and compromising thereof. So cybersecurity then becomes one of the issues that comes up. Then the question is, how then do we facilitate uh, the advancement of that industry within uh, the greater um, data-led growth strategy. Then also I think, Aki, what you need to consider is that when data gets produced, then it's a question of where does one house the data? So does it stay centrally where it gets generated or um, will you have to consider, for example, the advent of data centers as well? And we have seen in the last three to five years how not only independent data centers have come across, but also your global multinationals have come into the country to set up uh, data warehouses in, in Western Cape and also inland as well. But you ask yourself as well, so how do these infrastructures continue to function and connect and transmit data at high speeds? They are all dependent on the fiber networks that we see uh, right across the length and breadth of this country. I think what I'm essentially saying is that from the creation and the development of one main infrastructure, then you have all the other industries that get created that support uh, that main industry. So the data center industry, the cloud storage industry, the cyber security industry. Um, then you talk about even further advancements like intelligent edge, when uh, you know a lot of data gets produced at source and solutioning gets done at source, as opposed to aggregating all of that data at one location and redistributing it back. So 
how long is a piece of string? Where will this advancement end? I think, you know, living in the information age, there is no limit. I think it just depends on what type of human need will the, uh, the developers be looking to solve for. And I think in understanding what we are trying to solve for as financiers, then we will have to develop appropriate funding strategies to be able to assist the industry in growing towards that end. Um, Riachile, at least, it, it, it's fascinating listening to you, just talking about it. And, you know, you, you just take it for granted. You think it's just a fiber, but, you know, there's a yeah. lot of spin-offs over there. And we haven't even touched on the the injection into the economic growth of a country and the prosperity of a country that all this, uh, you know, offers. And I mean, a few yeah. years ago, they did, um, you know, some research and uh, the, the, the World Telecoms Organization, and they worked out that, you know, uh, X amount investment, uh, or penetration, you know, unlocks X amount into the economy. And I I, I guess that um, this is going to get a brand new trajectory when you look at the, the, the value that it's adding to people's lives and, and to businesses, for example. And yeah. you look at the prospects of 5G, and we haven't even touched on smart cities and, yeah. you, know, um, uh, you know, e-businesses that are going to emerge from this. So the, the specialist finance role that... Um, that you as investing play in creating the networks of the future is really, really important. Absolutely, Aki. So if I look at, say, you talk about the growth of the economy. Uh, you know, South Africa is a two-part economy, very well-established commercial enterprises with tentacles into the rest of the world. Then you have your SMMEs that also need to, you know, get a fair share of their participation into the growing 5G mobile network operators, all these advancements that are taking place. I think the upside that we see is that if you look at the initial trajectory of a small one-man-owned business, if you really wanted to get off the ground, then you needed to have access to your own sources of capital to be able to set up your office, to buy the infrastructure, to buy the PAB access. But then if you look at how a startup business gets off the ground now because of um, independent data centers that are able to give uh, access to, to small enterprises, access to cloud, to cybersecurity, to um, you know, technology such as uh, IoT, uh, any form of advancements at a, a fee on a monthly basis. I think it has changed the landscape of essentially giving the best form of success to one-man-owned businesses to get off the ground a lot quicker because they don't require upfront investments of copious amounts of capital in order to, to get off the ground before they even start generating uh, the initial uh, revenue from the provision of their goods and services. So I think it has leveled the, the, the playing field to some, to some level. And at the same time, I think because now you're working with economies that are interconnected, uh, you find that it's much easier for one to come up with a concept and to be able to showcase uh, that product or service onto the global stage. You're able to reach a far wider market. So I think the ingredients for success of businesses um, are, are much more pronounced uh, now than they were probably five, 10 years ago, Aki. 
fascinating, fascinating chatting to you, Riachile. Um, just in, in, in closing, I'm not sure if you're able to answer this, but I'm really quite curious when you look at the, uh, the, the balance sheets of the likes of Vodacom and MTN and these guys, and you look at how much money they're investing in future upgrades of their network. I mean, it's, it's billions and billions. When you look at the telecoms industry as a whole, over the mm. next, I don't know how you project this, uh, you know, 18 months, two, three years, five years, how much money um, is this industry going to need to grow to the expectations that we have of this, to meet the data growth that we have? And I'm including 5G, I'm including fiber, network rollouts, etc. How big is this industry? How much money does this industry need to get to that level that we should be at in the next five years or so? <laughs> so I think the way that I would answer it is as follows. So if you look at maybe the way to, to contextualize it is to say, if you were to start a new Vodacom or an MTN today, so the replacement cost of the infrastructure that's currently there, they're just within the borders of South Africa. You're talking about billions, billions of rents. So if you are a, uh, an aspiring new start to get into such an industry, you can imagine the, the tall order that that puts on your own pocket, on your, you know, uh, community of shareholders that you might be calling on to be able to get such an industry off the ground. I think going forward, though, um, with the strong foundation that has been laid by the mobile network operators, I do not believe it means that you, they will require a lot less investment in the upgrade of their infrastructure, in the maintenance of their infrastructure, uh, to be able to continue to provide uh, world-class services as well as facilities. So if one has a look at 5G as an example and the technology that will be required to ensure that we achieve the speeds that have been spoken about, you're talking about billions. So this is billions in addition to uh, the tens of billions that have already been invested already. And to give you also an idea of what it costs a lot of these mobile network operators just to keep the current infrastructure going, it's actually a large percentage of the revenue that they produce on an annual basis. So it's almost like uh, owning your own car, uh, you know, and to keep it going outside of the maintenance plan. Um, Obviously, it's a, it's a relatively bad example because it's not income generating, but it really takes a lot to keep even the current infrastructure going. I think the opportunity that exists, in my opinion, is that given the scale at which the mobile network operators, including the fiber network operators, are functioning at now, they have uh, the users, they've got the numbers, and it's just really about saying, what need are we solving for? So what additional products and services could we produce in order to cross-sell and increase our share of the wallet size that we already have from the existing customer base? And human needs are forever evolving. Uh, new requirements come up all the time. So I think it's about staying close to your customers, listening to your customers, and then solving for or even anticipating the needs that are not even well articulated by the users themselves, and then anticipating those and developing, that keeps one ahead of uh, the curve. Riachile Moatze, the Head of Supplier Finance and Investing, it is an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for those fascinating insights. 
you know, you just take it for granted when you just look at the, the operators and the growth, but you, you need to understand that the business side of the growth and the, the capital injection that this industry needs. And it's really certainly massive uh, and, and running into billions and probably trillions of rands over the next five years. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, working remotely. Um, and I hope you don't have any uh, interruptions because we're all connected with the networks that we've been talking about. So thank you for your time and best wishes for the future. Much appreciated, Aki, and all the best to your readers and listeners.